Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! That'll kill about two minutes. I think the show's on. The show is definitely on. What's going on, everybody? J10 filling in here for Daria Baronado, uh, hosting here, and I'm sitting here with George Horge Aramosa. We gotta kick that to make sure that the nickname Thanks. nickname sticks. I'm gonna work on that one, Horge. Thanks, Thanks hey. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, hey. Yeah. Uh, you are, of course, tuned in here watching the Ultimate Fighter after show on AfterBuzz.tv. Um, this is uh, this is going to be the Snake Bit episode, if you will, or uh, AKA Two Broke Guys, um, covering a an all women's uh, an all women's Ultimate Fighter episode. Um, we we had a stellar lineup packed. Uh, obviously. Daria Baronado is uh, is not on the show this weekend or this week rather. Um, Alexis, I think she's uh, occupied right now. Oh, certainly is occupied. Yeah, was there's no doubt about that. I mean, they're all occupied. Otherwise, they would be here, right? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say Alexis is occupied. I Alexis is occupied with under, sickness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hope she's feeling better there. And uh, we had Carla Esparza scheduled for uh, to be a uh, guest. Uh, guest in here unfortunately some scheduling issues came up and hopefully we'll book her again in the future and we even had uh, a potential new co-host suri right who is yeah. going to come through hopefully uh, yet another yet another female to the uh, ultimate fighter Thank cast god and it's funny funny i'm not usually the best looking person on this panel but today i am you're Dude, yeah, I, i'm here tied for oh. second Damn it. yeah you guys are both tied Damn for second you, thank Steven. you <laughs> So, time. episode three, called "Don't Fight Fate." I uh, I, I don't know what we're going to make of that one. Maybe maybe we'll figure it out as the show goes along. We'll yeah. Be like, oh, light bulb. I'm I'm thinking that possibly. Yeah. Um. So the the match itself, we'll uh, cut to the chase. Uh, begin at the end, shall we? Um, we're gonna, a la Tarantino. We're going to give you the ending first. The Pulp Fiction episode, back, right? And then go back. Okay. And it's all going to tie in together. Uh, where was it? Lisa Ellis and Jessica Penne. This was the, uh, third, uh, third match of the tournament. Let's see which brackets they were. They were in the, uh, I think they were on the left lower side left. of the bottom. That's right. Jessica Penne ranked number four in the tournament. Lisa Ellis ranked number 13. Lisa, super experienced, uh, and Jessica Penne is, uh, well, yeah. has been on a roll. I mean, it's their second time fighting it against each other. Mm-hmm. Yes, this was a rematch For from... No Strangers. From 2012, I believe yeah, it, was. it was. it was at the Invicta. first Invicta show. Mm-hmm. Yep, in which uh, Jessica Penne... Worked, uh, she, well, she, she worked out. Her, uh, she, yeah. her, she beat up. 
She she worked out a TKO win in the third round. Did you see that match? I have. I've been wanting to watch it because I've heard it was pretty brutal and pretty bloody. It was. I think you talked about it last week. Where yeah. it wasn't as decisive or as dominant, but it still was pretty. Yeah, I, I thought it was it was reasonably close in terms of going into the the third round. You know, each had won a round, um, but once Jessica opened up mm-hmm. Lisa, the blood was gushing, and that was something. Uh, Something even me and my ironclad stomach got a little mm-hmm. queasy watch in there. Um, but Lisa comes from Olympia, Washington, 15 and 8. She's been around for quite a long time. Um, her husband, Eddie Ellis, she was previously Lisa Ward. Her husband, Eddie Ellis, is a, uh, is a fighter as well. Ultimate fighter alumni. That's right. Season 16, was it? I want to say 16, yeah. yeah. I could be wrong. I, I know it, it, I had it written down. But then I watched my No hand. computers, I wrote it down on my... no iPads, no nothing. We are winging it. Just old school paper, okay? I got nothing. I got a, a rubber band scrunchie. Two broke guys, I found. paper, and a scrunchie from. That's Thank right. you. Thank you. That's right. What I found that I'm playing with. All right, guys. And on the opposite side of the uh, of the cage of the octagon, Jessica Penny, 11 and 2, hailing from Huntington Beach. And George has oh, a fly the joining Beach him. Bad girl. You can say yeah, I suppose you could possibly she looks say pretty that. Mean. I don't know about you, but yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna challenge her there. Uh, training out of Rain MMA, Kings MMA, and uh, Checkmat Jiu Jitsu. Uh, she's a kickboxer, the BJJ brown belt. You know, very well. I wonder if she's got black by now. I'm uh, sure. Yeah, could be. I mean, you can definitely tell that she's gotten some. She's gotten a lot better mm-hmm. on the groundwork from yeah last night's fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The match itself um, went. Uh, let's see. It was a bit quicker. Mm-hmm. The uh, essentially the same same result. Jessica Penne won just a little bit sooner. Yeah, yeah. With a rather than a TKO um, a submission, rear naked choke in the uh, in the first round. Towards, Unsur- towards unsurprising, the end. but we can get into that probably <laughs> right now. Um, just Produ- our producer up. monkey is getting a little bit crazy with the uh, with the effect here. But it's going to be and one of those shows. Keep it going, Steven. Oh boy, here we keep go. Keep it going. <laughs> I like it. But yeah, yeah, leading up to it, I'm no surprise that Lisa Ellis lost the way she did because just throughout the entire episode, you can kind of see, if anything, it's not just being a woman missing her child because if mm-hmm. you really think any fan of the Ultimate Fighter, it's been pretty much every season has had guys with one mm-hmm. season having girls and guys. Every, every much, fan? You mean every uh, every fighter in the house? Yeah. Okay. Um, pretty much every season. If not, maybe every two seasons, there's always yeah. that one person Mostly a guy, mm-hmm. kind of having the the homesickness. Yeah, the, I had just have a child. I miss. Mm-hmm. So it's not just being a woman. It's not. Yes, she's a mother. Yes, her kids like one, but it's not just about being a man or a woman. It's about being a parent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so every season you have your, or every two seasons you have your one fighter. Oh, you know, I, I, I their mind is totally elsewhere. Yeah, this season belonged to Lisa Ellis. Right. So you can kind of see it. Um, definitely yep. breaking down almost every up, and maybe a lot of do, had to do with editing, but pretty much that was an ongoing lot, theme, you know? really, for her and in, in her uh, at least as the show pre- uh, presented. Mm-hmm. That was that was her hump yeah. to get over, and uh, you know, at least in the cage, it didn't quite happen. Yeah. Um, she, you know, there's that she has a one year old daughter, yeah. at least at the time, was mm-hmm. one, maybe one and a half by now. But uh, yeah, definitely, I, I would think for a woman, it's a bit more that that separation. I don't know when exactly it's supposed to happen in terms of the natural progression mm-hmm. of what after like the when women talk about or people talk about postpartum depression and then having to have the kids sleep in another room and stuff. Um, so, you know, presumably it, it had been a year since the kid was born that mm-hmm. she went into the house. In fact, this fight 
was her first uh, uh, was her first first fight after having the child. Yeah. Was it maybe that was a two year layoff? No, that would be yeah. It was a two year layoff. Yeah. Roughly, and then she got pregnant. About, yeah, so there's nine and months then there. A year. Yeah, yeah, nine months about. and then the year. Yeah. Um, so I, I could understand it being a little bit more of an issue, but at the same time, yeah, when you're a parent mm-hmm. and you're missing your kids, then um, that's – I'm sure that goes across the board. I do like the honesty of Gilbert Melendez because typically coaches are like, oh, yeah, my guys are ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, They're going to beat up your your guys or, in this case, girls. But he was typically a, a lot more honest than maybe most mm-hmm. people would have liked him to be. It's like, yeah, I don't think she's all there. Right, <laughs> if yeah. You kinda, whenever they did show Gilbert Melendez, who was Lisa Ellis's coach, mm-hmm. you know, I can tell her mind's not all there. You know, you yeah. can tell she's having you know other thoughts. And yeah. it definitely showed during that fight. She don't, I don't really think she had uh, much offense, if anything. Mm-hmm. She she tried a couple takedowns, but quickly, easily, might I say, Jessica Penne, Jessica Penne yeah. pretty much reversing it and eventually getting her back. There's a lot of clinch work. Um, mm-hmm. Notes here, uh, my notes at least, I have that uh, Lisa was going for the takedown early. You know, she charged in, yeah. but and, and really stuck with that single. Tried to run the pipe and, you know, drag the leg down, but uh, Jessica was able to reverse it and she had clinch against the cage and landed a lot of knees. Uh, it really was, uh, Jessica really did. Uh, control that fight like she mm-hmm. won that round whereas the first uh, the Invicta fight again I'd say I, I had it going 1-1 into it Lisa was uh, was more aggressive um, during that match I thought and certainly more effective as well and uh, you know off of off a of scramble they eventually did get to the ground and off a of scramble I wish I could have uh, remembered the full sequence better i'm still learning the the colors to be quite honest the only uh, third i think episode. we talked about last week where i was yeah. like do these colors have to be so close together yeah usually the no kidding. opposing coaches is like yellow and uh-huh. then like it's like green or black lakers colors and nicks colors Pretty right much, yeah yeah but now yeah. it's like neon green and neon light green yeah. it's like come on guys Did frankly guys it looks better i like the color scheme but it makes it a lot harder to watch and and decipher them in an MMA mm-hmm. fight if you're not very familiar with their uh, their ink mm-hmm. and, and bodies and faces. Um, so then off the scramble though, I believe one of one of them went for a triangle, but uh, it reversed pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and then Jessica Penne got uh, Lisa's back and, uh, and and rode that for a little while, and eventually got the rear naked choke and finished her at 3:46 in the first round. I'm kind of curious where Lisa Ellis goes from here, and it's funny because mm-hmm. I, I keep forgetting they're still UFC fighters. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not still trying to get a contract. They're still UFC fighters, so they're yeah. still probably going to be scheduled a few more fights. So it should be. Diff- it should be weird how uh, or interesting, might I say, just how she progresses. You know, it, it's going to be a little bit different because now she's not going to be secluded in Vegas. Now she's yeah. going to be able to go home. I'm sure she's home right now with her child, but I'm sure maybe training for an upcoming fight. But at least she'll be able to. Maybe go home every night and tuck her child in. She'll be, yeah, she'll be in a better place mentally. And I'm sure, you know, when you marry your coach, obviously there's a very strong bond there. Mm -hmm. Probably stronger than it was with Gil Melendez. Mm -hmm. Just going out on a whim there. Yeah, I agree. But But, Anthony Pettis, 3-0 now. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Anthony Pettis is is running it right now. and Probably going to be 4-0. Could be. Next week. I mean, Carlos Sparza, the number one seed, going Mm -hmm. up against the number 16 seed, Angela Hill. I think, you know, we, we've already seen one upset. And as we discussed, was it two, a week or two ago that these, the bracket or the, the skill differential between one and 16 or two and 15, whatever, is, is probably closer mm-hmm. than agree. it is for, uh, for, for a typical men's weight class. Like if it was me, I would love to be in that bottom seed just mm-hmm. because maybe the expectations are low. But at the same time, it's like, I know that I'm really a lot better than you guys think I am. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
If that's, oh, it's, it, it's one of those things where if I'm the number one seed, I'm expecting I'm expected to beat the number sixteen seed. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like okay, whatever yeah. that's supposed to happen. But if you do something that isn't really according to the plan, right. I think people are going to remember a lot more. Wow, Angela Hill just beat the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Angela Hill just beat the the Invicta champion. Right. A lot more people are going to be talking about Angela sure. Hill. You've, as opposed to the other way around. You so, have nothing to lose exactly. when you're on the bottom. Especially when you're, again, you're still a UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. So not only do you, can you potentially lose yeah. or win, but you've still got a contract. So I would think at the very minimum you'll see these girls fighting on the finale or booked on a couple of shows, mm-hmm. uh, fight nights around that time or pay-per-views. Too. Yeah. Uh, but that said... Who knows how many uh, how many shots they're going to have? Um, but I do I think I agree with you that Lisa Ellis will be in a better place mm-hmm. mentally because she'll be closer to home. It's her regular fight team, and certainly see her baby, see her husband that much more. You know, probably um, I, I I still believe in in the women that uh, that have fought. We have a couple of these that have very high records, uh, like Lisa Angela Magana. Uh, cumulatively, is eleven and six. Uh, who else? Well, Jessica Penne. I mean, her record speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, Ash Daly has, has been around for quite a while. Um, I still believe that there is more for them to show. Mm-hmm. And, okay. um, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to watch them as, uh, as once the season is over, see how they perform. Can we talk about what happened before the fight? Of course we can. What, the weigh-ins? No, just in general. Weigh-ins happen. I mean, well, we're doing the Pulp Fiction thing. Heather, we're working oh, backwards. Okay, okay. We no, start. We even started with the Invicta fight, and then we talked about <laughs> this tough fight. So but, we're going way but then back. Now we can go. We need to go to the beginning. Yes, and then back to the end, and then the middle. Right. Okay. We're jumping around. Yeah. Just you know, a la Tarantino. As as we discussed, the show very much one of the themes of the show was Lisa dealing with uh, missing or her family. And at one point, and mm. I'm jumping a bit to the middle, but that uh, there was this blanket. That they cut to a blanket of her baby in her first, I guess her first birthday. She mm-hmm. called it a birthday smash, I believe. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. And so it's a one year old kid, guys, with kind of, it was a picture of a baby photograph on a blanket somehow. I don't know how they put that on. It didn't look like iron on transfer or whatever, but it was very detailed. Too detailed, in fact, because the cake, I think, probably was. Like a White. strawberry or cherry cake yeah. or whatever. And so the icing and stuff was red. Red here, red on the hands. And so you've got this quick shot of of this kid whole, going kind of crazy on a cake, but you couldn't quite see the cake. And it's laying on a blanket. So you've got this giant picture of this baby in red covered all over it going, ha! Yeah, I had to do like a quadruple take as well. We're like a little that, bit freaky there. Yeah, that baby just beat up another baby or something. It's probably really cute and adoring in real life. And yeah. Lisa, nothing against your kid, nothing against uh, mementos, all for it. But uh, yeah, that camera shot that they caught there, a uh, little bit um, looked like that baby just put a beat down on another baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, Lisa didn't want to fight, but maybe the baby did against the cake. Against the cake, right? Exactly. Man, that fly is really loving you. Yeah, I know. guest starring the fly. You've got this. Uh, this little Jeff Goldblum thing going around George. Uh, for those of you listening on iTunes, you can't see it, but take my word. And now he's surfing the wave of George's hair. I'll get and it. I'll get it. You'll oh, get wait. it. Uh-oh. Oh, Ooh. this is going to be a good one. <laughs> we don't have a guest. Production no. Monkey Steve just brought in one of these uh, electric tennis racket things. And I'll find it. Oh, man. you got Guys, you really got to go to YouTube. He's right behind you. He's right behind like... <laughs> oh, It's on your side. Uh, he's not going to like me. I'm just nothing but Diet Coke and cough drops over on this side. 
<laughs> this right. is this is going to get so many YouTube clips just for you sitting here doing this whole sport. It's right on top of you. Back of your head. Back of your head. Big man, Joe Chamosa against the fly. One, two, three. It's coming behind him. He's on the front, on the tuft. It's on the tuft. It's on the tuft. It's on the front. It's on the front. Where's it going to go? Bang your head. Bang your head. Did you get... And the fly wins. For now. Round one. Fly! He's looking... George is looking for a corpse here on the ground. And now, back to your scheduled programming. Yeah, no kidding, right? Can I touch it? Can I touch it? Touch it. I I don't know why you would do that. Just... Go for it. <laughs> You're so scared. He's, he is not touching. Oh! <laughs> Whoa, that was cool. All right, guys, let's get back to Ultimate Fighter. No, let's touch stuff with this thing. Oh, that zap was great, man. That's cool. Yeah, um, we're going to get some YouTube hits off of this one, dude. Good work, I, man. I'll hold on to this just in case. Nicely done. Um, so nobody likes Heather, apparently. There's that as well, right? <laughs> you yeah. Know who else I, I, I'm sure you watch the show, but Dar- Daria doesn't like Heather either. How? Well, Daria is um, gonna have to deal with that when Heather comes. She on was the just show. like when she comes in. She was. Or You're more than welcome, darling. Heather, come when on we through. Watching the show, she's like, I don't. You know, of course, typical Daria, New Jersey accent. I don't know what it is. I don't like that girl, <laughs> man. I don't. I don't like her. I'm like, dude, just give Heather her a Joe Clark, or something. Uh, who is ranked? Let's see, number eleven. Hurricane Joe Clark. She's training in Las Vegas. Uh, last I heard, at least, with uh, Syndicate MMA, six and four, originally from LA, former pro hockey player. Uh, she's been around for quite a while as well. And this is the second week that we've seen this recurring theme of Heather. I some people would say it seems from the rest of the girls trying too hard, perhaps trying to be a bit too much to be the the alpha female, if yeah. you will, and it just seems to be kind of backfiring on her. You know, I, personally, I'm I'm kind of uh, sympathetic to that. I, I feel badly because. Clearly, uh, I think she has the best of intentions. Yeah, it's not like she's trying to be <clears throat> mischievous or trying to undercut right. people that, as yeah. well. Because we've seen that plenty of times in mm-hmm. other shows, George other Ultimate Fighters, everything. But yeah, yeah, she's, it's not like she's doing anything bad. I mean, no. it, it just kind of sucks how everybody looks at that as being annoying. But yet, yeah. but yet, if she was like you know being bitchy. You know, it's like, oh, well, now she's being a bitch. It's like, oh, come on. I yeah. mean, maybe that's just women. You can't win for losing. Maybe that's, uh, that's just not women. just. I mean, that's. I'm, I'm sure we have our own version of that yeah. as well, but especially emphatic when you're talking about, yeah, 16 girls and women in one house. I agree. Excuse me. Um, but hopefully, uh, you never know. Uh, situations like that, I feel like in certain reality shows, they'll, uh, they'll lay the seeds, you know, of, a character going in a certain mm-hmm. direction, and then suddenly some something changes for the better. Um, but yeah, she's a, a bit too inclusive, it seems. Not quite realizing yet that this is this is a single elimination tournament, and everyone's trying to get. I mean, obviously she knows that. Yeah. But uh, well, you know what? Maybe that's maybe they needed they needed that character, and so that's how she's being portrayed. You know, I'm a little upset though. I don't think I was watching the whole episode yesterday and a little bit today. Yeah, not a single. I don't even think they showed once. Who's that? My girl Joanne Calderwood. No, JoJo got the week off. I believe you're I mean, right. Not even like a like a tiny like a clip or like a soundbite. Nothing. Maybe she didn't do too much in practice or know, uh, or anything I mean, there. She did they kept last up. week. I mean, she's just so cute. She uh, absolutely is. But we're going to see more of her. Keep in mind, she's won her match. Yeah. Okay. Now, the other stars that they're building up, clearly, Rose and Felice, have mm-hmm. not fought yet. Yeah. Um, so those seeds, they're kind of, I, I, I'd like to think, sparsing them out. Maybe JoJo had nothing to say I about this match. Whatever you know? she said, I, I just want her to talk. 
<laughs> Come on. You like the Come accent. The, the whole like, oh, I'm going to build a little right. carrot cake after I beat her. <laughs> I mean, come on. Did you not like, oh, that's kind of, that's precious. You know what, though? In, in retrospect, I'm looking at our list of uh, teams, and it was, I, I think it was a, a Team Melendez-heavy episode because of Lisa and yeah. because of uh, my favorite recurring part of the show, which is the Wall the of Panties. panties. <laughs> the Wall of Panties. Yep, they got some play uh, this week as well. When Angela Hill and I believe it was Lisa, I, I think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decided to put on on Team Melendez. Actually, they yeah. Team Pettis has the granny panty or the, has the panties wall, and so those two ladies decided to grab a big, big uh, set of granny panties and walk them in. Each woman, Lisa on in one leg and Angela in the other leg together. So like like that, like a. Laurel and Hardy, or the monkeys, kind of like the monkeys do. It looked like my Aunt Bertha's <laughs> pair of pennies. Aunt Bertha? Say. Yeah. Don't ask me how. I know that. I but. wouldn't have figured you having an Aunt Bertha. <sighs> we all have that Aunt Bertha. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, uh, that went up the Team Melendez contribution to the Team Pettis wall of panties. But uh, then they saw it. Yep. Right, yeah, and then Felice saw it and put it on. No, no, Jessica. She, Jessica was the one that grabbed them and then stretched Felice them. Felice was very. She, you know what? I mean, talk about. Uh, dude, I want to talk see about her being be a general badass, about dude. things. You know, Felice is a. She's a stickler for this panty wall dude, thing. So I want to see her be a badass. I've heard her. Did I just oh, get the fly? It's, I got the fly. Yeah. Give me the thing. I don't. Ew. I can swear I felt him on the forehead too. How's this thing work? You press the button. Press it. And then it's. Electro- and then you touch it to make sure it's on. <laughs> and it's yeah, on your shirt. That's not gonna happen. Oh. Ah, I did. There he is. Oh, all right, all right. I'm just gonna stay here, like going okay. in the bucket. Uh-oh. And now he's back to you. I just saw him behind you. Here. Um. Anyways, yeah, I, I've heard a reputation that Felice being out back to you. Felice being nope, a badass, it's and it's like maybe we have two flies in here. I don't know. No, right there, right in front of your go- your skull. Uh this is. Gonna I'm just be- gonna close my eyes. If I close my eyes, I won't see it. You know what? Maybe it's a female fly. Could be a female housefly. Could be uh, Gina Davis's kid instead of Jeff Goldblum. Gina Davis? Yeah, the fly. Remember that one? 1986? No. I remember her from A League of Their Own. That was before, I bet that was before your time, wasn't it? The Rockford it? Peaches? Was, no, 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 no. It was the, the fly before your time? No, a Rockford Peaches was A League of Their Own. Yeah, 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 yeah. But The Fly came out in 1986. It was a remake from an older fil- Vincent Price film. No? Where's the sound effect that says, I have no idea what he's talking about? Help me help. Oh, you almost got Our him. systems detect that a host has wandered off the subject. Yeah, but we're bringing it back to Bacon here. Kevin Bacon, by the way. So, see, Hollywood, The Fly. What I was saying is I want to see more <laughs> of Felice Herring being a badass. I keep hearing all, all these things that she's she's a horrible person, but it's like I, she's so tame on the show. We're three episodes in, and we've got ten to go. And I think I Maybe said nine. something where, like, I remember uh, reading Dana's tweet or something like that when they, when they were taping it, yeah. saying that there was already drama within the first, uh, That's right, the yeah. first day. Yeah. Where was the drama? It's a good question. Come uh, on, man. Maybe they're saving it for for later. It happened on the first day, and they'll I don't know. I'm build just it saying, to episode seven. I'm very, I'm very upset at the editing. Well, I don't know what to tell you there, man. You're you're in it for the full ride here. Oof. However, the downside, uh, the one sad point of uh, of the episode, um, really, it opened the show. Sadly enough, and it kind of jumped oh, yeah, into yeah. it. Uh, Dana White walks into the uh, the dressing room. Um, or uh, yeah, the the training room looks for Beck Rawlings, mm-hmm. uh, who's our New Zealand or Australia? I should have it memorized here. Uh, Tasmania, Australia. 
uh, one of our imports from from down under. And he brings Beck into his office and uh, gives her the news that unfortunately uh, her stepfather died. Mm -hmm. Apparently, I think she was close. Uh, Her mom had called Mm -hmm. and reported that her stepfather died and she just lost it right there on the spot. And I don't know about you, but that's one of those things that, that gets to me. In in the fight world, you know, we, we joke a lot and there's a lot of fun in fighting. But, you know, when it comes to what uh, what gets fighters, what pushes their buttons, I think more than anything else, if we did a survey, one of the top things is losing a parent. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the case for just about anybody. But especially when you're under that pressure cooker and this is what you do to express yourself, to lose a parent, especially one that – has has been supportive as it sounds like uh, her her dad her yeah. stepdad and, and mother were. I think it was really cool how I think the next day I think Tim, Tim Melendez along with mm-hmm. Jake Shields who actually lost a parent. Like, yeah. was it like a week before one of his fights? Yeah, in 2012, right Jack Ellen, Shields, Jake, Jake Ellenberger, he was supposed to fight, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, like a week before he just passed away. Yeah. Um, so I'm, if anything, if anybody knows what she's going through, it's Jake Shields, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, who was one of uh, Melinda's assistant yeah. coaches? They yeah. trained together. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was super cool how they just kind of yeah made it showed all up better, for, with some flowers yeah. and stuff. It was a nice thing. And the uh, team uh, was it her team? Like right when Team Melinda's uh, did that little uh, prayer mm-hmm. on on behalf of uh, her stepdad yeah. uh, in the locker room. Um, you know what struck me funny? What do you what do you think? Uh, this it struck me funny that. In the in a previous season, we saw I believe it was Michael Chiesa, Michael Chiesa yeah. lost his dad, mm-hmm. and he was given the opportunity to fly back for the funeral. Mm-hmm. She was not. Then again, she lives in Australia. That's true. <laughs> I, I, that, I mean, I, I wonder, I, I wonder why the uh, why the difference there, and if it was just because of Australia and the time difference, and maybe, she'd be gone for too long. If I recall, the Michael Chiesa one was the live one. So was it? Yeah. Okay. So if anything. They fought every Friday. Yeah. So there was kind of like I think they just taped it. Uh, the show was taped longer mm-hmm. as opposed to this one. I think everything. I mean, how often do they do they fight? Do they have a fight on these uh, taped episodes every three four days? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just think that she didn't have enough time. I think they, they yeah. probably would have. Mm-hmm. But considering how close the fights are, I don't think she would have enough time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was. Uh, you know, it, 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 there's things like that. That uh, that need to be in the show. It can't all be zany antics and, yeah. and it's real. smackdowns. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Ultimate Fighter not just because it's an MMA, but I mean, I don't know, but it just feels like it's a lot more quote unquote real than a lot of those other reality shows because it's not. Yeah. I mean, you know what it is. They're not trying. Everybody is in the house to 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 gain a contract or to be the yeah. champion in this case. It's not like. These other reality shows where they're just kind of you're winning something, you're winning a cash prize yeah, or something or other, exactly. and then it's it's based on a certain storyline. Yeah, exactly. This and is based two, on a, a but, sport accomplishment. Yeah, exactly, and exactly what you said. Other things, it's like they kind of create. And I've worked in reality TV before, where mm-hmm. they create scenarios, mm-hmm. and then they they expect certain people to react upon those scenarios. Mm-hmm. And this is just straight up. You all live in a house. Yeah, you guys fight. Yeah, that's it. So I like the fact that this is a little bit more real in that aspect. I'm sure maybe other things are still kind of scripted, but not as much scripted as maybe some of the other reality TV shows, you know? There's a certain limit to what you can fabricate on this show, whereas in other ones, there's a lot more leeway that you can viably do. That's That's what I do like about Ultimate Fighter. I've always liked that about Ultimate Fighter. Just just straight up. There's no... 
Like, what is really the other script, you know? What do you think is, or, or what do you remember of the most, what you think was the most uh, fabricated angles or storylines on Tough, on either the, previously or of this one, what little we've seen so far? It's funny, because I would have thought that the Ronda Rousey one mm-hmm. with her and Misha Tate kind of going on back and forth on their feud, but kind of... But see, boy, was that you know, real. That, that, that's really her. <laughs> there, was, there was really no fabricating that, but I thought a lot of that was promoting the fight up coming up, but no, that's just the way it is. Yeah. So at that time, thinking that, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the way uh, Misha Tate kind of came on the show, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, that's obvious, you know, but mm. turns out that just the way it is. But I, I think it's a great anything, case in point there. Yeah, like that could have worked out, um, that worked out perfectly for for tough but it was it was due it wasn't a storyline manipulation mm-hmm. that actually happened Kat Zingano was supposed to be the coach against yeah. Ronda Rousey and she got injured and therefore had to pull out of the whole thing and in walked in Misha which obviously was promoting stroke of genius that's mm-hmm. the logical uh, step that you want to do yeah um, and that's not based on fabrication that actually happened it just uh, luck of the draw as it were Good or bad, depending on whether you're Cat or Misha. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, that's a good thing about Tough is there not really isn't that many things that you can honestly pinpoint and say, oh, mm-hmm. that's fabricated, obviously. Yeah. Because really, what is really there to fabricate? Yeah. You're based, you're basing the whole thing on, well, editing, as mm-hmm. you said earlier, you know, and, and also hoping that some personalities will amplify themselves a little bit. I agree. Uh, and I think that's the case with Felice, and I don't think that anybody is... Uh, Nobody would shy away from that, you know, including her. I mean, a lot of it, too, is especially with what going back to that live Ultimate Fighter is that they didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. So, for example, they shot the show during the week. They mm-hmm. fought live on Fridays and they shot the show. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you can't really preview the upcoming episodes because yeah. they don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So in turn, I think it was a little bit boring. But at least with these, you know, taped episodes, it's yeah. like... They know what's going on, and they know what to accentuate as far as mm-hmm. this is going to bring ratings. This is going to get people talking. Yeah. So I think in in the form of not so much fabricating, but in, in the form of editing, I think mm-hmm. that's where you they, do need a little bit more control of yeah. that. Um, whereas something like pro wrestling, for mm-hmm. example, it's it's far off cousin to MMA. Mm-hmm. You can control that because you're pre-scripting everything mm-hmm. or at least uh, predetermined endings and stuff yeah. um this there's at least a little bit of control but not to the same extent as as wrestling um so given all of that you know we've uh, it's there's a little bit more the drama hasn't picked up quite yet again we've got the seeds i think so, a little bit with so uh, week three with so heather I mean. yeah week three but that's a, what are we about a third there's a 13 week season that Just includes about. the finale right yeah, i mean there's eight first rounds mm-hmm uh, then the next one has four, then two. Yeah, two eight, about. four, and two is 13. I mean, we might see in the future, and we've seen two, it in the three, past three. where you have one episode with two fights, so. That's true. Yeah, you know? yeah, the semifinals usually uh, start doing uh, two fights. So. All right. So next week we got Carla Sparza versus Angela Hill. You yeah. Think, you think Carla's going to take it? Yeah, yeah. My uh, money would be on Carla, but I do think that. Uh, there is a good chance of it being a much, much more competitive I was fight. I say the same thing. I think it's going to be very competitive, but yeah. Carla Taking nothing like, away from Carla, yeah. but certainly uh, giving, giving Angela her due yeah. as well. People don't realize. Let's, let's talk about her background here. I'm reading off notes. She's 1-0 in MMA, originally from Brooklyn, but I believe she said in the show she's living in uh, North Carolina. Training, trained with a group called Evolution Muay Thai. 
she is 14 and 0 as an amateur, amateur and 2 and 0 as a pro in MMA. Uh, no, I tell you, I, I'm sorry, Muay Thai. That's that's her Muay Thai stats. So, girl has She's been no joke, in the yeah. cage. Yeah, she has thrown some and taken some and come out on top each time. I mean, don't get it twisted. She's ranked 16, but it may be 16, maybe because they don't really know her that well. I was going to say, I think it's based primarily on exactly. MMA record. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, of course she's going to be the 16th ranked. That doesn't mean she's the 16th best fighter in the mm-hmm. in the house. Correct. She might be third. or We've maybe, already seen that. Maybe even with, one. Yeah, know? we've already seen that with uh, Random Marcos. Yeah. Um, that should be interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's we're talking about a striker versus a wrestler there, you know, Cookie Monster, Esparza coming with the high school and college wrestling background. Uh first Invicta strawweight champion. Actually, yeah, first and uh, reigning champion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that we've got that to look forward to. Um what else? What do you think, man? What's your thoughts on Pettis versus Melendez? Have you have you put more thought into that cuz I'm still on the fence. It's just so Damn ridiculously close. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, I agree. Um, at the end. I'm still on the fence. Yeah. I mean, Pettis, they're both just so, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Melendez, well, they both haven't fought in a while. When was the last time Pettis fought? It was Ben Henderson. It was Ben Henderson. Was a year ago. And then he had surgery. That was a year yeah, ago. Yeah, so Melendez be... last fought last. But wasn't it earlier this year? Like February or so? No. Was it last year? Him and Hendo was like last September, I think. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. All right. And then Melendez last fought against Diego Sanchez back in November. No, nope. October. It was October. Of last year. Yeah. So it'll be a year for the both of them. Yeah. So I was going to say, whoever's, none of them, they both, kind, not, that, not that they automatically have the cage rust, but. Yeah, whoever's the less rusty guy. Yeah, but they're usually, with these two guys, it really, I don't think has much to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think um, that, I don't think rust is going to be a thing for either of them, being at the top of the game at 155. Yeah. I mean, it sucks as Pettis was, he's been, they've both been scheduled, I think. But then, because of injuries, I think it was at one point it wasn't it Pettis against Aldo. No, no, no. It was Pettis Aldo before the. His, there was his talk of that fight, super yeah. fight of Jose well, Aldo coming up. It, but then Aldo got hurt. Was it really when, scheduled? Yeah, but I think that no. Then, but then they put Pettis against Henderson. No, Pettis, Pettis got hurt because Aldo's cur- the current reigning champ. They've never booked the super no, fight. They have no, they didn't last year. Really? Yeah. Then Pettis got hurt. Contractually, or it was—I remember it being discussed, but I don't think. I think it was pen to paper. I think it was official, and then one of them got hurt, and then they put Pettis in that lightweight championship. Was that when Aldo got hurt on the moped? Probably. That was around last year, this summer, yeah. I think, about a year ago. Um, but I could—I don't remember that getting booked because I don't know why you would necessarily do that, champion versus champion. But I, I think it was before Pettis was champion. Oh, okay. Wow, so he was Pettis was going to go down in forty five. Mm-hmm. Man, your memory that that doesn't sound familiar to me at all. But geez, there is so much to cover and to remember in this sport. But you know, way, six months ago is is a lifetime ago. I mean, in Pettis MMA, is just right? so exciting to to watch. Mm-hmm. So is Melendez, though. I yeah. mean, Melendez is so uh, calculated, mm-hmm. but so is Pettis. Like, I think there couldn't be an, an even more evenly matched lightweight matchup. Agreed. And and then just by itself, it's already for the title. Yeah. So it, it should be fun. I and, really don't know. I think as time goes on, I'll be even more torn. That says a lot because I don't even know who's going to win right now. So mm-hmm. You've also got uh, Nate Diaz and Rafael Dos Anjos. Oh, they just announced that too. That just got announced. Yeah, Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, number two tear. ranked? Maybe at number two or number three. He's up there. Well, one is Melendez. Yeah. Two. I think that would be Rafael Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos. He might be three. 
I'm sure there's a two, but if there is, he's slipping my mind. Because Benson was two. Not Nurmagomedov, right? No, he'd be three. Ah, uh, this is when we need our computers and our iPads. But, if but anything, again, it's just paper. Paper and two guys talking, but, maybe a little bit of pen. But if anything, if anything there's, the a throat, fight, that is. there's a fight this weekend that is really going to change that lightweight uh, landscape. Yeah. Eddie Alvarez, Donald Cerrone. Oh, my. Yes, indeed. That fight. I mean, Donald Cerrone's up there, too. Mm-hmm. So for Eddie Alvarez to have his first UFC fight and already yeah. put him up against Donald Cerrone... But it's not a rookie. He's not a rookie either. It's not like Eddie Alvarez is coming from nowhere. That guy yeah. has been one of the top five lightweights in the past five years. Mm-hmm. So Eddie again, Alvarez comes in very uh, celebrated and, and a hot uh, hot commodity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and know, he's been one. The UFC was close to signing him previously. And of there course, was, he was with, uh, Bellator, with Bellator, reigning champion, two-time champion. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and I was just going to speak too as well in talking about the lightweight uh, neighborhood with Gill and Pettis. You've also got guys that have been through wars with... They have their own rivals previously. Gil Melendez went through three rounds... Josh Thompson? With Josh Thompson, yeah. A, a trilogy. Well, yeah, excuse me. It was a three three matches. Yeah. Two of them, I think, were uh, five rounds, Just or about, yeah. all five, or all three of them were five it rounds. Might be two of them, but maybe three. Yeah. To me, still one of the most uh, one of the most compelling trilogies. We talk about great trilogies. Okay, guys, here's your homework. Gilbert Melendez and Josh Thompson fought two times, three, three times, well, in Strike Force. Oh, three, yeah. three times in Strike Force. Um, fantastic matches, back and forth. They were friends. That was the added uh, twist to the whole thing. Good friends that respected each other enough that they were willing to, uh, to fight each other. Josh, at the time, I believe, was Strike Force lightweight mm-hmm. champion. Gil was uh, working his way up and earned a title shot. Josh gave it to him and won, correct? Mm-hmm. Or did Gil beat him? I think they're two and one. Okay. Oh, yeah, they must oh, yeah. be because it was <laughs> three yeah. matches. Uh, but the title, like, the know, title flip flopped. Like, yeah, uh, Maynard and Edgar. Yeah. Oh, you know May- Edgar's fighting Cub Swanson. Oh, is that official now? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's Interesting. Be, When's that cool. booked? December. I don't remember that. November, okay. December. Good. It just got booked. Right. Right. But, um, yeah. but anyway, Gilbert Melendez, Josh Thompson, go out and try and find it. You know that you can get it on Fight Pass for nine ninety nine. Um, and but then also Anthony Pettis and, uh, and Benson Henderson. Well, that's two, but that's man, only two matches. That first WEC fight, though. I was at that fight. A lot of people thought yeah. that that was fight of the year. The very but definitely there was a move. Yeah, the Showtime that, kick that I'm sure everybody has seen. If you haven't seen, then you're missing out. Yeah, that is probably the move of yep. the year, the decade, the century. Um, two matches between Anthony Pettis and uh, and uh, Benson Henderson. The first match, the first meeting was Ben Henderson defending his belt in the very last. WEC. Correct me if I'm wrong. The very time. last match of mm-hmm. the very last WEC, right? Mm-hmm. It was for in the Arizona. WEC lightweight. Uh... Yeah, I got to be there for that one, and um, I, oh god, the crowd was nuts at that point. WEC really, I, I wouldn't say it was a cult following, but they were bought by the UFC and kept around uh, as as a. Um, as a place, a platform for the lighter weight guys, 135, 145, 155. And Ben Henderson was defending his belt against against Anthony Pettis. And again, uh, if you haven't seen the Showtime kick, it's funny. I would, I'd venture to say that a lot of people don't remember. Casual fans wouldn't know what the Showtime kick is. Just YouTube that. Showtime kick. And it's one of the most most memorable points in MMA history, I'd say, globally. I wish, I, man, I wish it would have knocked him out, though. 
Like if that was the move that yeah. knocked him out. If that did, you right. knocked him down, but it didn't knock him out. He and it was back up, but it, I think it was one. close to a knock knockout uh, knockdown. Like yeah. he went down flat there, and it looked like his body went limp. He was able to recover fast was enough. Was he called Showtime before that kick? Or? Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's always and that's Showtime, why they yeah. called it the Showtime kick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, jump ahead, what, two years or so, yeah. I think? Yeah, that was 2010. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just about. Are we getting the music already? Wow. Well, I wanted I to anything. say here. Oh, I heard the music. Maybe they're queuing it up. But at no, any rate. Well, don't, don't tell them now. I got another hour. You've got another hour? Yeah, I got another hour in me. To talk? Okay, I believe it. Oh! Look, there is a rematch between Benson Henderson and Anthony Pettis. If you're listening to me or if you're From watching Milwaukee, me, Wisconsin. go, yeah, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, go and watch that one. Equally as compelling for completely different reasons, that one also, I think, will, will really kind of knock your socks off. I agree. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about it. But Man, both of these two guys, Anthony Pettis and, and Gil, Gil Melendez. Melendez I cannot wait till this Saturday. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even the undercard fights, the prelim fights, mm-hmm. the, the the fight pass fight, uh, the the pay per view fights. You got Dominic Cruz made events at the prelims. Yeah, uh, Conor McGregor versus uh, Dustin Poirier. Uh, um, uh, Kansas Gano coming back against mm-hmm. Amanda Nunes. The the main event. I, I suck saying that the main event is probably like the fourth most anticipated fight I want to see. Uh, yeah, Kennedy but Demetrius Johnson has that magic, man. He's one of those oh, guys. Yeah, I agree, that... but it's like I I want to see. First off, on my list is Cerrone Alvarez. McGregor uh, Poirier, uh-huh. uh, Tim Kennedy, Yoel Romero. That's a great one. I'm very psyched about that, too. DJ against uh, yeah. Carriasso, and then uh, Zingano Nunes. Uh, uh, I think I want to... Not by the way. It's like, yeah. up there as well. Yeah. Man, I can't wait till Saturday. Can't yep. wait till Sunday so we can talk about it. That's right. Yep. We're going to be back one uh, covering UFC 178 Sunday at uh, 6 o'clock is our time, I believe. I'll figure it out. I'll probably, I'm, I'm going to be late. Maybe hopefully like 9 or 10. I don't know. We should have uh, Root Beer, we'll Daria, Baronado back. Uh, maybe uh, maybe even a call in from Alexis. Who knows? Yeah. Whoever wants to call in. We do take calls, you know. <laughs> we got to start putting out the number on a more yeah, regular I basis. I know. So, all right. We're getting... I think we even ran out the music there. I think we just worked out <laughs> the, think, the theme song there. Really, but hey, where can we find you, J-Tan? You can find me all over your social media. JTAN716, Facebook, Instagram, and that Twitter thing. What about you, Georgia Boy? What about me? Uh, what about you, Horge? I'm going to be on yeah, Twitter, at G Hermosa. Mm-hmm. I've got a birthday coming up in July. Uh, <laughs> I got, you can find me on Instagram. Wait, the next July? Well, yeah. I mean, the, the upcoming I, I like July, to, right? I say, like, okay, first off, my birthday's coming up. So is mine, by the way. Exactly. It's not like we're going to skip it. So you can find me on Instagram as well, at ghermosa. And our Amazon wish list as well. Yeah, exactly. You can watch other shows on AfterBuzz TV. You can find me on The League. Right. Shout out to my girls, Jen the Jew and Lauren Leonelli. Nice. I love you. Aww. Uh, I think we got got another girl coming on soon. Okay. They're they're all so hot, to be honest with you. I love them all. Um, not, not, the, girls, the girls on this show are hot, too. Don't get me Hell wrong. yeah. The problem yeah, is they didn't kick ass, so we can't hit and on them nearly as much. Well, they usually are, except for today. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess that's <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting the looks from the production hey, hey. monkey going, Hey, guys, come on. I want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, sorry. So Steven. we'll be back a week from today talking about uh, Ultimate Fighter, Carla Esparza, and Angela Hill. Tune in next week. And George is going to be here playing with the electric tennis racket. That that one actually hurt. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. <laughs> Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.